I got love for you, man. You know what, I'm <laughs> what are we talking about? You know, I'm not here to start any trouble. I'm only going to say nice things about you from now on. I think you're handsome, and I think you're a wonderful host. I'm fat and I'm overweight. Just don't say anything silly. I was waiting for you to say that. I'm not laughing about it. You think this is funny? I take this serious. You know, I don't want y'all to take anything that out of context that I'm saying. He's very funny. He likes to joke around a lot. As a personality and as an entertainer, yes. This is going to be really quick. I'm not taking any questions. Go ahead and get comfortable. I'm going to talk for a little bit. You're listening to Cabby Presents, the podcast. What's up, everybody? Thank you for joining me. I am your host, Cabby Richards. Welcome back to the podcast. And if you're new, glad that you clicked and downloaded from uh, iTunes or Facebook or Twitter um, or wherever it is. Wherever it is that you found us. Here's a virtual high five for you and you and you and you and you and you and you. Shout out to Talib Kweli. That's where I stole that from. If you're listening to this on the radio, we're switching lanes once again. The way these conversations work is uh, I'll tell some stories and my guests will tell some stories. And I hope you'll be entertained. For those of you that have logged in and commented at least one time on iTunes, quite simply, appreciate you. Today is um, one of the uh, most successful music video directors joins me. He's created visuals for dozens of artists, including Jay-Z, Kanye West, Usher, Beyonce, Alicia Keys, Sean Paul. I'm going to keep going. R. Kelly, Nelly, Christina Aguilera. I'm going to keep going. Rihanna, Drake, and most recently, Justin Bieber and his music video, Boyfriend. His friends call him Julian, but the music industry knows him simply as X. A homegrown talent, and by that I mean a Canadian, he's been making waves in the music industry for a decade, over a decade, and now he joins us on the phone. If it's going to be uh, an interview, I'm going to conduct it. So I'll answer my own questions, ask myself the questions, then give y'all the answers. Sometimes as Canadians, we have an inferiority complex to our American counterparts, and and when we're successful in the U.S., there's an even greater sense of pride towards that in- individual since the road to success in America for Canadians is a lot harder. Nevertheless, Director X, a.k.a. Little X, a.k.a. Mr. X, has become the premier music video director in the United States in so many different categories, hip-hop, R&B, reggae, and pop music, and I'm happy that he's spending time with us today. X, how are you, sir, and where in the world are you? I'm good, brother. I'm in Brooklyn, New York right now. Oh, nice. Are You um, You have a, a, a brownstone there, right? Yeah, yeah, are, yeah. Are you at your place? No, no, I'm out in bed. I'm in bed right now. Oh, nice. Um, yeah. Have you slept in the last few days? Of course. Okay, because the last time I saw you, uh, I was in Los Angeles uh, doing a bit for Mother's Day, and you, we both were at the airport on the same at the same time going home, and you were just coming off like an all night shoot. Was that the Justin Bieber shoot? 
Uh, I don't think was that Bieber. I'm trying to remember what job that was. I think that might have been Two Chains and Drake. I think uh, that was the last, that's when I saw you. Oh yes, that's right. Yeah, you were. Yeah, okay. Um, okay, we'll get to both of those guys in a little bit. Um, now, like um, uh, you've been working with a bunch of success, a handful of really, really successful artists for a very long time, and uh, mm. this comedian named Kevin Hart has a funny bit about um, about his rich friends, like trying to keep up with his rich friends. In his latest comedy act, he talks about Dwayne Wade. Now you've mm. been around like rich people for a long time and you're uh, you know obviously successful yourself but have you ever fallen victim to the you know drinking the champagne of that lifestyle where like you want to keep up as like some of your artists do not really i never tried to keep up with the artists but i would say there was a time when i thought i was more paid than i was <laughs> <laughs> so i was i was you know what i mean i, I wasn't rocking competition but i just you know i i know I'd never touched any kind of money before, so it looked like, oh, I've got some money. Right, right. Then, yeah, well, you and uh, then you get older, you realize, no, kid, that's not money. Right, you right. Know what I mean? yeah. yeah. So it's funny because um, Chris Rock um, years ago also had a bit talking about being rich versus being wealthy, and he's like, Shaquille O'Neal, he's rich, but the man that signs Sha- Shaquille O'Neal's paychecks, he's wealthy. Um, yeah. So uh, and uh, uh, so, have you ever? Um, have you ever, give me a time when you were, I mean, I know you're around rich people, but give me a time you were around or you spent a, a part of a, a day or an evening with someone who was really wealthy. Someone's wealthy. Um, you know, walking into the Michael Lee Chin wing of the World Ontario Museum. <laughs> yes, yeah, that is a that's great when, call. Yeah, that's when you realize that someone's wealthy, you know what I mean? Right, when, like, you, when you have your name on wings of museums, like... Then you're wealthy. That's yeah. Yeah, that is some wealth. I think he's one of the. I don't know. I'm not sure how many um, Canadian billionaires we have. Can't be that many, but he's certainly one of them. Yeah, yeah, and that's that's wealth, boy. That's a, that's wealth. A few <laughs> a few weeks ago, uh, there was uh, Drake uh, threw out a tweet. He said something to him relatively innocuous, and but the response was very funny. He wrote, uh, "The first million is the hardest," and then this like. Rich. Keep doing pickings, baby. Yeah, you saw. Okay, you heard that. Yeah, I, I, I re-put that up on Facebook. I got that. I got that picture on my Facebook. <laughs> the picture <laughs> of the guy of T Boone Pickens. Yeah, the first billion is a hell of a lot harder. Right, yeah. So for people who don't know, this guy's a rich oil ty- Texas oil tycoon who somehow follows Drake on Twitter and, <laughs> and responded with, uh, yeah, the first billion is a hell of a lot harder, to which Drake then responded to T Boone, T Boone Pickens' tweet. At Boone Pickens just stunted on me heavy, which is yeah. which is very very funny. For those who don't understand what the word stunted means, just means he just he showed him up real real nice. Yeah, real nice. Well, yeah, bro, that's the century. That's the century we're in. It's only in the 21st century. Right, and like and billionaires, there are. Uh, uh, my dude Lawrence just uh, alerted me that there are 62 billionaires in Canada. I'm sure there are like a few thousand in the United States. And T Boone Pickens just happens yeah. to follow Drake on Twitter. Yeah, it's insane. Yeah, but you remember, you're not getting on the Ford 100 unless you're a billionaire in America. The that, richest people in America are all like in double di- double digit billions. Yes, the, those are the dudes. Like uh, my friend, uh, my friend Hoos is is acting in this show called Saving Hope, and and uh, we were we were hanging out on a Sunday. We're just you know kind of chopping it up, and and he said uh, he his, he aspires one day to own a boat. 
I, like a yacht. And I'm like, well, dude, man, you got to own stuff to really own those kind of toys. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So I'm sure, I'm sure T-Boone has got, uh, he's got a, a fleet of boats and stuff. Okay, so as as a music video director, you've obviously you've immersed your career into music and you have a, a fond and profound love of music. What's the first piece of music you remember listening to? The first piece that I remember listening to. I don't know the first I remember listening to. I remember the first album I had was uh, Run DMC Raising Hell. That was the first one? That was the first album, vinyl and everything, yeah. So do you, do you um, still own it, you think, that, that record? Mm, nah, it might be floating around my parents' home somewhere. It got, you know, vinyl didn't quite make it from the lead. When I left home, it didn't, that wasn't one of the things I brought to the next apartment. There was right. no record player. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> yeah, that was the first album I bought. I mean, that was the first one I had. Did you, what, was, um, what kind of music did your parents play in your house when you Classical. were a kid? Oh, really? Yeah. Like Classical music. Mozart, Beethoven, Verdi, like that kind of stuff? Yep, all that. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. Huh. Yeah. I'm highfalutin over here, brother. <laughs> <laughs> now, when you, okay, now, when you're, now, okay, so maybe this, maybe that influence uh, is, is found in this next part. When you're, you're, you're a visual creator, you make all these, these beautiful uh, uh, pieces of, of work um, in, in the form of music videos. Now, when you're brainstorming ideas or putting the pencil to the paper, what's, what's the genre of music that you play in your headphones when, brainstorming our ideas or or is there like an artist like you play ra- like a radio head or a pearl jam or whatever to, to get well, you know i just play the record because i got to come up with ideas for that song you know what i mean mm-hmm. so it's 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 that song is on repeat so if i'm doing two chains it's two chains on repeat if i'm doing deeper deeper on repeat you know and just listening to that song and letting the ideas take you somewhere are you one of those dudes that has like a thick notepad of just like concepts, like like you know, like a lot of MCs, a lot of uh, hip hop artists have have notepads where they have rhymes scribbled about. You know, famously in um, Eight Mile, Eminem, you know, was seen in many scenes just writing stuff on those legal uh, yellow pads, and he had and and you know just had books of rhymes. Nas had a song called My Book of Rhymes. Do you have anything like that? I have one. I have one. Still have it from when I was like an intern. Before I even started directing, just you know, I didn't have any videos to do, so I just wrote down all these crazy ideas. But you know, all the ideas are way too wild to do for hip hop or R and B. Like no one will ever do the Alien Family music video. Like, you know what I'm <laughs> did you just say an Aryan family? Alien, yeah, oh, alien, alien, alien family, like alien abduction. There's a bunch of stuff that you know would be real entertaining, but uh, hip hop ain't they ain't doing that. You might have to uh, you might have to slide over to like electronica, maybe like get that to like a like a like a danger mouse or something. And and I think exactly. in, th- in that genre you could be a little more experiment uh, uh, experimental. Yeah, and all you directors listening, don't be stealing my idea, man. <laughs> these are copyrighted ideas. Every one of yeah. these ideas has a little C above the last letter of the word. Um, exactly. now the, the the chemistry between an artist and a director, I imagine. Is something like a coach and a star athlete. You you are, you know, you have to get a certain performance out of them, or you're, you're directing them, uh, you know, on on performance or the narrative of the piece of work. Now, among the artists that you've worked with, um, who's the one that that can speak your shorthand? Who who works well with your, you know, the rhythm and the cadence of how you instruct your crew or or the artist, and isn't afraid to be pushed or goes where your vision wants to take them. Uh, for a while, Usher and I really had that kind of thing going on, where uh, we really we really connected on a level. 
And I, I think Drake and I, on this last job we did, really uh, saw eye to eye. Everything moved very smoothly. You know, there's a good deal of collaboration, but I was able to do what I was doing. It, it worked. Do you, um, when you are directing these artists, these, you know, everybody who puts himself in front of the camera has a certain, has a certain ego and has a certain sensitivity and all that stuff. Do you find that there's a difference between the way you interact with a male artist and a female artist? Not really, not really, because, you know, there's part of, I'm, I'm kind of like a ship's captain. It's not only the artist that I'm dealing with. I'm running a whole situation, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I, I, I do, you're kind of, you're kind of getting on my ship, even though it's your, even though you're paying for the boat, <laughs> <laughs> the crew and everybody, they're, they're mine. Now, you on, know what I'm saying? Yeah, and now on one of these voyages, as you have the, uh, the boat analogy, um, is there like, have do you ever have to push or coax a performance out of an artist when you know some of your days go, you know, sixteen, eighteen, twenty hours? Like, how do you deal with artists when it when it's like, man, it's getting really late and people are cranky or whatever? How do you what 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 do you how what do you do in that situation? Well, we don't get that late anymore. There was a time for that in the earlier two thousands. Now we don't go we don't go so far. You know, it's actually not legal, and this one has the money to pay for that kind of overtime. But back in those days, you just had to push a little harder and, you know, tell them to, to, to move through it if you had to do those. If you had to do those. Most people are rose to it. But I've had one or two guys that were just a little too hood for 18 hours, and they just wanted to go to bed. I'm not going to say who. I'm not going to say who. Dude, the statute of limitations is gone now. You can say who it is. <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't, I don't give names. I'm like, you know what I'm saying? But uh, yeah, like I said, a couple a couple cats really couldn't deal with deal with the hours. Right. Okay. Okay. So you mentioned Drake. Oh, sorry. You mentioned Usher as an artist that you had a particularly strong chemistry with. Has that changed? Yeah. You know, uh, we don't work the same. Like we're we're still friends, but we're not working the way we used to back in it was early two thousand. Some guys go through periods where they work with a certain director for a long time. Usher's one of those guys. There's a time when he worked with Hype all the time. There's a time when he worked with me all the time. Then he did a couple of deals with uh, Anthony Mandler. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So certain guys go through their, their period of who they're with, and then they just keep moving forward. So um, that was that was that for him. And then there's other people just kind of bounce around. They don't get too tight in with anybody. They just use different directors all the time. How you many I mean? how, how many videos did you and Usher collaborate on? Uh, I don't know. We did a You Got It Bad. We did a uh, You Don't Have to Call. We did the Rhythm, Rhythm City movie. I don't know. Uh, Five, six, seven, maybe eight videos. We did. We did a whole lot together. When you got, yeah, 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 it was a big. When you guys did Rhythm City, which, which the shortened version was the song caught up. Did you guys turn? And that was what twenty minutes, twenty-two minutes, or something like that. Yeah. Did, yeah. did you guys? And that, that was like a that was like a movie. Like that was you know Scorsese doing Michael Jackson bad. You know, like yeah. it was one of those. Um, did Did you guys then cut that up into smaller smaller movies? I wish they did. I wish they did. But the record company didn't. The record company really wanted to just get caught up. That's the only thing they're interested in getting. Uh, okay. So they, they released the DVD. I never felt they went all the way they could have. I thought the project was a lot more monumental than they promoted it to be. Yeah. You know I mean? So, uh, you know, it, it is what it is. But I always thought that what he had done and what we had done and the type of video and the type of things that we had happening was uh, a lot bigger than, than what it could have been. Okay. I mean, you you don't have to call. That was uh, was a, that was that was one of the first ones that I was like, this is such a fun song. I mean, so is yeah, yeah and so is caught up. But you don't have to call. That was that was awesome. Now, okay, so so 
we're, Usher, I mean, we're, we're, we mentioned a few songs from his record, Confessions, where, um, you know, that, that album was... It, he was in a certain place. I wouldn't. I wouldn't quite say he was heartbroken, but some of those songs, he was, uh, you know, um, a little bit. Uh, um, that, that was his. I, that was that was uh, the I messed up heartbreak. Yes. Okay. The, I, yeah. The, yeah. Yeah. You got it bad. Was the uh, I'm a young guy heartbreak, and then <laughs> confessions was the oh you caught me. The <laughs> yes. cotton heartbreak. Oh, sorry no. about that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. So now, for you, for you as an art, artist, X, you know, like like Stevie Wonder had a record called "Songs in the Key of Life." That was a love album. He was in love. He was in a great place. Isn't she lovely? As like those kind of songs. And then more contemporary, Adele had a monster album called Twenty One, which that was her heartbreak record. Now, for you, when you are creating, is your best work? When you are going through heartbreak, or when you have happiness in your life, um, neither one. I just kind of channel it. You know, lately it hasn't been this way, but back back in the day in the early two thousands, like you got it bad is Usher playing me. Oh really? You know so that's I, oh yeah. I, okay, I want okay yeah okay keep going. I want I want to I want to yeah, explore so, that a little bit more. Like so you have that over here. So I have you have certain times where you just kind of your videos are a bit of a representation of what you're going through. You know what I'm saying? Or you just pull from it. Like, you, you know, uh, what is it? Yeah, it's, so I just, I, it, it seems sometimes that you're you're just expressing your life through the work. But, um, yeah, there's no particular great state of mind that, that promotes a different kind of creativity. So, okay, so, um, okay, you mentioned the, the You Got It Bad was, was semi-autobiographical. Um, have you, uh, is, there, is there any other autobiographical references in some of your work? Because I don't think people would immediately make that connection unless they were friends of yours. Well, yeah, there's no way to know. But as an artist, it's what you draw upon. And that's why that video had, had the heart that it had. You know, and that's what I realized. At least with R&B songs, you can really, uh, you know, you need emotion there. So you got to start drawing from yourself. It's still an art form that we're doing. Yeah, I mean, but no one, no one, no one to know. Even my friends, not like there's no one ever saw it. you got a bad and said, "Oh, that's you, ain't it?" No, it's not. <laughs> well, give it, it's not that. Give give us some. Give it if you can think about. It, give us some examples of like, okay, in this certain scene or this video, they had shades of something that my friends and I used to do, or this particular video. This is a uh, the kind of jam that we used to go to. Or oh, then then you get into Sean Paul, like right. Remember, uh, get busy. Get busy with just growing up in Toronto and going to a basement party. Yeah, stop stop banging on the ceiling. Stop banging yeah, on the exactly. furnace. Yeah, exactly. So that was definitely just ripping part of my life from, you know, going into my own life and playing it on the screen like, okay, this is this works this way. And then uh, as this time goes on, I'd say just more bits of character as opposed to, you know, trying to say, just trying to make a about, you know, do, tell the story of something I've gone through. It's just the way I've, now that I've learned some things, this is a matter of helping, like, a young guy how to stand right, to exude a little more of a manly kind of aura. You know what I'm saying? Things okay. like that. Okay, okay. Now, I heard um, I heard an interview recently with Wes Anderson, who was a director that did Rushmore, The Royal Tenenbaums. Yeah, he's um, amazing. Yeah, Life Aquatic. Um, so he was he was talking about his, his new movie, Moonlight Kingdom, and... It, it, in the in the interview, it was revealed that this particular movie, his latest one, Moonlight Kingdom, was like a memory of a fantasy. Now, in those in that notepad or that notebook that you used to write in when you were an intern, um, were there any were 
have you ever pulled any of those concepts and made those concepts into videos? Like, I, I know you said they were out there and they're a little more experimental and may, maybe not, maybe too far out there for hip hop and R and B. But were any of those concepts like memories of fantasies or dreams that you had? No, but I might have to go back to that notepad now that we're talking about it so much. I think I'm going to go pull that notepad back out, dude. You probably so have can, you probably have some gems in there, man. Yeah, I wrote a lot of ideas in there, so you know, I think I'm definitely going to go dust that thing off in a minute. So, okay, so um, when you and and I do want to get to the process of writing concepts and stuff in in, in a little bit, um, but I don't know if you saw this. Now, recently, Nas posed on the cover of his new CD, which is called "Life Is Good." Uh, and he has a green dress in his lap. Now, he's sitting on a black couch, and he's in a white suit, and you see this this green uh, see-through dress in his lap, and, and, his, and his chin is in his hand. He's just kind of sitting there. The dress belongs to Khalees, his ex-wife, which is the only item she left in the divorce. Now, my, oh, wow. <laughs> my question to you is, has there ever been anything you've wanted back from an ex-girlfriend after splitting with a girlfriend? Anything I've ever wanted back from an ex-girlfriend, other uh, than the heartbreak. <laughs> no, no, even even the heartbreak. If you if you use it right, can fuel the fire of the next victory. You know what I'm saying? That's that very so, true. Very true. Yeah. So uh, no, nothing. I don't want it back. Maybe that's something I want it again. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, don't we all? Yeah, brother. Hey, you know. Hey, what do you do with? I've had this conversation with with friends of mine before, and and about a year ago, I made this decision. What do you do? And I'll tell you my decision in a second, but I'm curious as to what you do. What do you do with photographs of ex-girlfriends, either in the physical form or, you know, the hundreds of pictures you have on your your various computers or your hard drive? What do you personally do? Oh, you keep me in a place so you can refer back to know that you a bad boy and pull bad checks. <laughs> really? You gotta let yourself know you can bring in some blazers. Yeah. So have you ever? Okay, but have you ever been in that situation where you're a current girlfriend or maybe an ex girlfriend found photos? Like, have you ever yeah, lived so with a girlfriend? On, yeah, I have. Look, on display pictures gotta go. Okay. Even if you go through a if you go through a breakup, pictures that are up in front of your face, you need to take that down so you don't. Start getting sucked into some kind of depression. Right. Put, put, you know, put them in a box and just so you you know you got them if you ever want to go down memory lane and say yeah hey look at me I'm I was doing okay you know what I'm saying I'm all right. So uh, you keep yeah. your you keep those? Yeah, listen, I, yeah, of course. Wow. See, I made the decision to erase like all, most of my pictures were in the digital form, but I, I like I you know I'm the I'm the type of dude that once a relationship's over I just cut it off and it's. And then I take however long I take to heal, and it's the best thing for me. When people remain friends with the ex-girlfriend or the ex-boyfriend, I find it's really hard to get them out of your system. What do you do? What do I do to get them out of my system? All you got is time. All you can do is time. No, you know no, what no, I mean? no. Well, you should, you should cut off. You should, there should definitely be a moment of no talk. No, you know what I mean? So I, I I step back and I'm not I'm not reaching out and it's not we're not I'm not doing that and give it some time and then after some time yeah then you can just be cool again I'm I'm cool being friends with people and all that kind of stuff that don't bother me. So you you are you still have friendships or some form of relationships with ex girlfriends? I just spoke to an ex girlfriend today. Oh, did you really? Yeah, brother. Oh well, okay. Well, look at you with all this love to give. Hey, brother, listen. It's good. It's good on the resume. If it's good on the resume, you want you should uh. 
<laughs> if it's good on the resume every once in a while you want to revisit that job right revisit. yeah yeah that's it, man yeah it's like listen you never know who's a friend of a friend they meet another friend like it's all it's all good you gotta let the you got to let the river flow so how did you explain it to one of the girlfriends when she saw photos with an ex when she's like did you get the question why do you still have these do you still talk to her that kind of thing well, when I was younger, I would lie and say I'll destroy them, you know. And now that I'm older, like if someone found, like I've, I've had a picture being found and the girlfriend, oh, you got to destroy all these old pictures, you know. And uh, I was like, oh, yeah, I'll destroy them. And I just didn't do it. I just said I did. Fine. Now, you can't tell me to destroy none of my What? That's not, that's my old relationship, and I don't care. Okay. You don't let. I don't care. It's a very favorite favorite term of mine. I don't care. I don't, I don't care. care. <laughs> yeah, no woman t- tell me to get rid of my. Life. No, there's no girl. There's no girlfriend in the future that can tell me about our relationship, and you can't tell me about another one. Hmm. So there's you can make your decision now how you want to go about this. That's not easy to do, though. I mean, they're not a lot of. I mean, that's, that requires a certain amount of uh, freedom, I guess, and a certain maturity to it, to be able to. say I don't it. care, brother. Just say it. Just say I don't care, and you'll feel the power. Just say it. Yeah, I don't care. Yeah, then you'll feel. Yeah, but X, then yeah. you'll feel the power of her texting some other dude. It's like, oh, he's, uh, I'm, I'm upset with them, blah blah blah. And then she's gonna go lean on some other dude. I don't shoulder. care. <laughs> she should go. She, who's she gonna? She, who's she gonna go text the, the the punky guy that's never gonna get? Her. <laughs> she, believe me, the woman wants a man that don't care. I don't care. I well, don't care, babe. Well, they, you, that, that's what it takes, brother. Sometimes you gotta be able to let certain, certain things go. Uh, well, you have a, you have more strength than I do, man. I, I just, I, yeah, I just prefer to just avoid the situation altogether. So I, I made, I made that decision to to delete them. And I know a lot of people hang on to things because they're keepsakes and they, you know, remind them of a, of a certain period of their life. But you know, I certainly don't want to see an ex girlfriend with another dude. Me personally, so I don't want to be in a position where she sees stuff that you know. Well, photos I get of it. Like you can't again. You can't put it in someone's face. You know what I mean? Yeah. So there's respect. But at the same time, if you happen to find something, and especially if you're snooping around something, then you're out of line. If you found it and it wasn't meant to be there, then that's whatever. That's my past. You can't listen. Like I said, I don't care. I'm, I'm older now. I'm not. I'm, I'm, I've, I grew up. I did my time as a boy where people could tell me what to do. Ain't no one telling me anything about what I'm doing. I'm in no business about who you are. <laughs> Breach. <laughs> you, say, you, you say that until you get married, because then you've heard the proverb, happy wife, happy life. So that, that yeah. might change if you ever get married. I've played that game too, brother. I'm in no business. I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> now, uh, recently, uh, uh, Richard Dawson, who was a famous uh, game show host, he, he, he died at uh, 79. He was famously the host of The Family Feud, and he also yeah. he was also the host in the movie The Running Man with Arnold Schwarzenegger. Was that yeah? Name? So um, they uh, before I ask you your your favorite all time game shows, um, there was a there's a new show called Hip Hop Squares which debuted on MTV Two recently and it featured a bunch of artists Method Man, Common, Chuck D, Fat Joe, Ghostface, and it's hosted by Peter Rosenberg. Who's the artist or whose music do you know? the best like if you were on hip-hop squares and a category came up the category of blank you 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 know that you couldn't be beat if that artist or his or that person's music came up 
who would that person it might be? be it, it, I don't know if it's the person, but I think it might be that era of hip-hop, that common public enemy, Wu-Tang Clan, Tribe Called Quest. You know, when I was in my, my teenage years, so you're, passionate, so you're going passionate like, about it. Like 88 to 94. Or 88 to yeah, 93. yeah, yeah, yeah. When you know, when music really was like a big part of a kid's life, that's when, that was it. So what? Okay, so you mentioned those artists. So, but okay, give me one though, X. There's one. What, I'm not. I think I'm not that dude. So I've, I've just had this conversation with, with a girl the other day. Like, I'm not a dude that has favorites. Like, I don't have a favorite food or a favorite artist or a fa- I don't have none of them. I don't have favorites. I do have a time, but I, but I do. If there's a moment that I was passionate about a thing. A favorite when I was, I had a favorite something. It was my favorite. It was hip-hop. It was a genre. You know what I mean? But I ain't never chased there ain't no man on my wall. You know what I mean? Like, X, man, <laughs> you, you have a favorite movie. You have a favorite movie. Nope. Yeah, you do. You have a favorite I, movie. If I, was on, if I was going on an island, though, yeah, I think I would probably bring, I'll throw one at you that you might not know, Ninja Scroll. Oh, I'd want shout out yeah. to some anime. Okay. Yeah. Okay. You know what I'm talking about? I'd probably bring an Empire Strikes Back, uh, okay. Godfather, Die Hard. You know, those. Even the era that I'm bringing it from. Wow. That, those are all di- those are all different kinds of movies too. Yeah. Yeah. It's definitely a different era. You know what I mean? You but must. Yeah, I, I, you must have a favorite director. No. Uh, I got, I do, I deal in levels. I think that might be a better way to, to say it. So I don't have a one favorite guy, but there's definitely a class of people, a level of director, like the David Finchers. Um, let's see. Uh, you know, I really like, uh, your man, the Moonlight Kingdom. Uh, I just Wes Anderson. His name. Wes Anderson. Well, love what I love Wes Anderson movies. Like I'll just go see something cause Wes Anderson did it. I'll go see something cause David Fincher did it. I'll go see something because, uh, let's see. Are you a, are you a, okay, here's a question for you. Are you a Spielberg guy or a Scorsese guy? I like them both for what they do. Like, those are two different, that's like saying, you know, do you want pasta or do you want ice cream? <laughs> no, man. Yeah, because Spielberg, Spielberg, Spielberg just made, Spielberg only made one, in my books, one, no, he just started getting hardcore, but with, uh, with, uh, what, what's a Munich and similar this way down the line, this guy started making some edgy stuff. But he was Mr. Popcorn Man. That's true. Jaws, E.T. Like if you want to see a Spielberg, before it used to be, let's go see a Spielberg movie, you could bring your kids and you know you're fine. And then you say, let's go see a Scorsese movie, you can't bring your kids. Right. <laughs> well, it's kind of gone the opposite, because now Scorsese, well, he just made Hugo, which is a kid's movie. Yeah, exactly. Those guys are both switching roles. They've done a whole lifetime of, of a genre. And now, you know, like Munich was gangster. Oh yeah, oh, 100%. So wait, how how have you um how have you resisted or do you have aspirations to make a feature film? Yeah, definitely. So like at the at the height or I mean you're you're still quite visible and quite successful. Have you been you must have been pitched a various projects or uh or scripts or something. Has there been one that you turned down and you're like, "Ooh, I probably should have taken that one. I probably should have made that one." Um, I would say all of them. You know, I mean, the first few films, the first few films, like, uh, I was offered a movie that just, I wanted, I really wasn't quite into it. Uh, I wanted to do it, I liked it, but they didn't want to do it the way I wanted to do it. Because uh, okay. the music videos, you got to understand, in music videos, we were able, especially at the time that they did it, were, you know, changing concepts. There's no filmmaking genre that gives you the freedom that music videos do. So they came to me and they didn't want to change it and they went their own way. But then, 
years down the line, I found out the first movie that James Cameron was attached to was Piranha. Possibly what? Piranha 2. So the first movie, and he got fired from it. James Cameron's first gig as a director was like Piranha. Was one of those one type of, of movies? One of those types of movies. And after I read that, it's like, yeah, as a director making movies, it's more important that you make one. It's not even important that's a good one. It's more important that you make one because the powers that be and the people spending that money, they want to know you at least gone through the process. So, okay, so get, what what are one of these projects that you passed on that ultimately got made? Well, like I said, I'm not going to say the name of oh, it. Oh, come but, on. Uh, you got to share something with us, X. Come on, I don't dude. do that, dude. I don't do that. You know, listen, I'm sharing. Ma- I'm sharing. Okay, listen, look, listen, listen, <laughs> X. Famously, okay, famously, you can share because, listen, Barry Sonnenfeld, who is the director of the Emma, uh, the Men in Black movies, he recently said in, uh, I think it was GQ, GQ or Esquire, he writes he writes a column in Esquire. He's like the gadget guy. But there was a, there was a Q&A with Sonnenfeld, and he said the studio originally wanted uh, Chris O'Donnell to play um, Will Smith's character in Men in Black. And then he had to convince Chris O'Donnell not to do the movie because he wanted Will Smith in the movie. But Will Smith famously passed on The Matrix to make Wild Wild West, which would have made The Matrix a totally different movie. Um, so, But, that, he, but that, that, was, that was later revealed. And also... Um, the Farrelly brothers, who did Me, Myself, and Irene, Dumb and Dumber, uh, uh, There's Something About Mary, uh, they originally offered the, the role that Jim Carrey got to 150 different actors, and they all passed on it, and eventually Jim Carrey got the job. So those 150 guys could have, have the same story. I passed on Dumb and Dumber, which was a cult classic, probably on most people's top 10 fam- uh, uh, favorite comedies. Of, of course, I get you. But you know what, bro? I don't change my mind like that. <laughs> <laughs> you are the most stubborn guy of all time. You know, what, what was I thinking coming from the guy that just said, I don't care? Yeah. I don't care. <laughs> man, I don't listen well. Oh, man, but game, uh, but X, just there's got there's there's got to be one that's relatively innocuous. You'd be like, you know what? This- no, there ain't. There ain't. But like I said, it's it, I I when I look back, I should have done it. I've been offered like DVD movies, them action movies, a couple dance movies, things like that. And you know, uh, I was I was looking to do whatever. But now that I look back on it, should have done it like Cameron, baby. Let's go. So okay, so uh, 3D. Remember George. Remember George Clooney is in Attack of the Killer Tomatoes. Whenever one of my actor friends is having a rough time with their career and just down on themselves and they can't seem to get it together, I go, look, man, George Clooney was in Attack of the Killer Tomatoes. That's a great point. Attack. Yo, Tom Hanks was in Bosom Buddies. Do you remember that show? You know (laughs) that show? Yeah, yeah. Tom Hanks was in Bosom. Buddies. I mean, Johnny, Johnny Johnny Depp did a movie called Crybaby, which was horrendous. It was horrendous, but yeah. it's not. But it's bad, but it's not bad like Attack of the Killer Tomatoes. It's not you're so right. bad that it's in the title. You're From the title, <laughs> like, <laughs> you're absolutely right, dude. You're absolutely yeah, right. Okay, so yeah. so what is the what is the movie now that you is there is there a project that is on your computer or at, in your office that you're like this is the one I'm gonna develop or it's already developed and like, okay, this I'm moving for. Is there, does one exist? Yeah, there, there's, there's definitely projects in general terms. You know how I talk already. Yeah, there's definitely, <laughs> projects, definitely projects that I'm developing. Uh, you know what I mean? And I'm a, I'm a director, so there's television and there's movies and then wherever things can come together. So 
there, there's some things that I'm developing with some people that, that that's good. Okay. Good okay. Well, hey, man, we look forward to it. Okay. Uh, before I forget, uh, so, so Hip Hop Squares, a new game show. I'd like you to give the audience your top three game shows of all time. My the, top three game shows of all time. The list according uh, to Director X. Okay, get, okay, Family Feud is definitely a classic. I grew up on that. Definitely was a, a Family Feud watcher. Jeopardy, even out of disrespect, even though I'm not a big Jeopardy fan, show's like still on, right? Yeah, Alex, shout out to Alex Trebek, who is also yeah. a Canadian. Yeah, exactly, like, the show's still on the air. So, on uh, some gangster thing, I'm, I'm giving that. And another big game show. Any game show I actually watched... The person's right just for when the person comes running down the aisle. <laughs> <laughs> only that. Only when they call out the name and the, and the madhouse happens when they come running around. There was, uh, okay. I, heard, I heard Bob Barker in an interview once say that the, the interviewer, I think it was Dan Labertard, asked him, you know, what's, what's your most memorable moment from the, you know, 30-plus years or 20-plus years you worked on The Price is Right? And he said there was a woman that came running down who was wearing a tube top who was quite voluptuous. She ran down, and the tube top came down, and then and there wow, she, there she was for for all in all her glory for the audience to see. Wow, that's a that's yeah, that, that's a nice hazard to have in your workplace. Yeah, you know we're grown men, but still, yeah, some even a boob story makes you happy. <laughs> <laughs> it almost feels like a victory for you, like in, yeah, in a way. yeah, yeah, yeah. So okay, so so let me okay let me let me uh, I I don't want to keep you too much longer, but I I would like you to tell us. The Justin Bieber story. Like, d t take me to the point where uh, you either got a phone call or an email saying, hey, we'd like you to write a treatment or a concept uh, for uh, the song Boyfriend. Or did you have a, just a general meeting with him first or his people? No, actually, what's interesting about it is uh, normally the way you, the videos happen is that you get the music. Like, they email you the record and you do the record. And even in this age where things are getting stolen, they have secure websites that are paying the ass. Uh, but, you know, they have, they try and figure out ways to protect music from getting leaked. But music video directors, I'm, I don't leak. But, um, <laughs> so, I get a call from my rep, and she's like, oh, you got to go, where are you? Oh, I'm in New York, or when will you be in New York? Because you got to go to Def Jam to listen to the record. What do you mean i got to go to Def Jam? Yeah, they're not sending it. Directors have to go. They're only talking to certain directors, and directors have to go to either the record company in Los Angeles or go to the record company in New York and go into someone's office and listen to the record, and that's the only time they're going to get with the record. Wow. Right? Right. <clears throat> so I'm in New York, and I go there, and I'm sitting in a big executive's office, and you know, blasting the music, and when they play, we play a few times, and we have our discussion. And um, <clears throat> you know, actually, even in that that same day is the day I talked to Drake about Pfeiffer, where I had that same call that same day. So we go, I go listen to the record, I write up the concept of the video, but they go with someone else. Oh, so, initially, you know, wait, initially they went with another director. Yeah, that's why there's that video at the beginning of the uh, of the video. That's why there's that video that's why there's a video within the video oh yeah where, where the speaker the speaker's bumping or something right on, right, on the exactly. water or something okay yeah 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 so that was the first video they shot it was a performance video but it was a little too dark and you know she, stuff happens so they wanted to reshoot it so i i had just done a big run of music videos uh like i did hyper and r kelly and chanel and i did like potato and then i came back to new york and then i got a phone call like hey what are you doing friday <laughs> you know, literally like that. What are you doing this weekend? 
can you shoot this Justin Bieber video? We want you to shoot your concept. Wow. So, see, that's why, that's why at the beginning of this conversation, I asked you, have you slept in the last few days? And you're like, of course. But when I saw you, you had just been up for friggin' how many, a number of double-digit hours, you know, yeah. grinding, grinding away. Okay. Yeah, it happens. So you, get, so you get this call. So you touch down in New York. You're like, hey, we got to fly you back to Los Angeles on Friday to shoot this concept? Pretty much. So how did you – so you, you automatically have a crew, like all these people are available to, to – uh, Not everyone's available. That's part of the game you play. But there's, there's, a, there's definitely a, like a class of people that are around. So you've got to start making your phone calls. Who's available for this? Who's available for that? Who can get this? Who can get that? And it's, you're shooting in Los Angeles. The town is – the major industry is film production. Yeah. So, so there's just there are just people just obviously there'll be bodies around and blah 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 people there to to be the crew yeah, on the, the video. Yeah, yeah, the issue isn't if you can get crew. The issue is if you can get a good crew. Right. Okay. So the concept <clears throat> that you wrote was to me, and I'm not sure maybe a few other people is like an homage to Justin Timberlake because Bieber is channeling Timberlake on this song. Would you agree? No, it wasn't part of my thought process. It came up afterwards after I had done the video. I'm like, yeah, it's like Justin Timberlake. I'm like, oh, whatever. All right. But, you know, Justin Hill's been a kid who's been making that kind of music. It was just a parking lot pimp video to me. Ah, but you can, but even in the the sound, like when he when he says, "Here comes the falsetto," and you know, I'm sure you know Bieber has has credited uh, Timberlake as being hit one of his inspirations. But it it sounds so Timberlake. You didn't you didn't get that feeling when you heard the record in the office? No, no. Really? I'm, I'm, in, I'm in there. I'm in there listening to what am I going to usually do to it? I don't business. I'm, I'm an old assassin in the game, brother. I've been doing it uh, <laughs> 15 years now. So if you pay me to kill the guy, I'm gonna kill him. Like you know what I'm saying? Picture <laughs> me with a cigar and a case with a sniper rifle. Like, I'm saying, <laughs> right, but X, you yeah. okay? You've been you okay? 15 years in the game. Obviously, you saw the rise. You were there at the beginning for the rise of uh, the reemergence of the uh, the boy bands, and then their super uber popularity, NSYNC and, and Backstreet Boys, and then you know the Nelly was like who you worked with on the shout out to the EI video and Hot in Here, right? You did that one too. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah, shout out to those two videos. But Nelly was like the first guy, the first hip-hop dude to kind of um, almost uh, legitimize NSYNC, and then obviously Pharrell and, and Timberlake did that big record. However, takes me back to this. The, the video for uh, Girlfriend uh, and the video for, for Boyfriend are very, and even the titles of the song, they're like, they're like so similar. And you did a Parking Lot Pimpin' video, and I guess they did as well in sync, but on kind of a bubblegum level. But you didn't, that, that never factored in into your creative process? Not until I was already into the process of making it that I realized that these things connect. There's a serendipity, I guess it was meant to be. Because, uh. you know, it was, but it was, not, it was not part of the plan. It wasn't a conscious plan. Okay. Now, when you are now when you when you're working with Justin Bieber, I, I recently read an article on GQ. It was like this month's GQ with Michael Fassbender on the cover. The the guy who wrote the article uh, found it very channel uh, challenging to uh, get Bieber's attention because he has like legendary ADD. Did you experience that? Not really, because a music video is a very focusing event. You know what I'm saying? Like you might have ADD in an interview because he doesn't really want to do it and he's bored. Mm-hmm. But you know, I got a whole film crew, and we know you know you only got so much part of the day. And now you got to go in front of the camera and start singing and dancing, and you got to sing and dance well. And now be sexy with the girl, and then sing and dance, and then like you know what I'm saying? There's a lot, a lot of stuff happening. Okay. And, 
it's exactly it might be exactly what he needs to get his attention together is yeah. a is a music video shoot or a concert or a thing like that you know there's there's too much happening for you to to want to do something else now did uh did Bieber know you're a Canadian <clears throat> yeah 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 uh you know yeah that's it, well, it, i i i'm I'm like when I saw it and I saw your name come up with the credits I was like <laughs> It made me feel so proud because Bieber mm. obviously is a giant star, and you are uh, you are uh, one of the top talents in your game, and you're both Canadian. And like I was like, yes, I was like fist pumping at my friggin' lack, uh, MacBook at like twelve thirty at night. And no, no, I'm in my kitchen. Just the light of the MacBook is illuminating my kitchen. Like it's probably pretty creepy. I'm eating friggin' Captain Crunch, but I'm very. Right. It was very. It's it a proud moment, man. It's. it's I don't know. It just there's. Yeah, so, actually, I wore that day. That day, I did wear my roots. I had a roots shirt, but it has a big maple leaf on it. Nice. So I brought that out, especially for the day. Nice, nice, yeah, it, nice. It did feel appropriate. Nice. Um, now, okay. So, the last thing: when you are dealing with uh, these kind of artists, like uh, you, you shot videos for Rihanna, Beyonce, Bieber, like these huge pop stars. Um, who has the who has the biggest entourage or 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 handlers of the artists that you've worked with? <laughs> The biggest entourage, like more, baby, more, more. Ba- baby, come, cash money comes deep. Oh yeah, cash money comes deep, brother. There's gonna be a lot of. I don't know. They come deep. There's gonna be a lot of people on set when you do a video of cash money. <laughs> <laughs> cash money for uh, the people who are unfamiliar. That's like uh, baby, little Wayne. Uh, yeah. Was uh, juvenile used to be part of that crew. So some yeah. some, some uh, hip hop artists from New Orleans. Yeah, YMCMB, baby. They, All right. They come with, they come with the tour bus. <laughs> tour bus and it's not always just filled with dudes there's some or probably some women in there too or women trying to be in the video yeah, there's, people, there's women at the video and then the man them show up so you know <laughs> hey do you have you ever had a this just popped in my head have you ever had a moment like remember that one Fresh Prince episode when uh, Fresh Prince and his and his friend Ty were in like they jumped into the uh, to the Belle Biv DeVoe video remember when they're shooting at, at to Uncle Phil's at the house and yeah. then, like, they started dancing, and, you know, Belle Biv DeVoe comes up. Have you ever had a situation like that where, like, someone essentially crashes your video, crashes your set? No one's ever crashed my video, but I've crashed. I did, back in the day, I've crashed a couple shots. You look at Jada Kiss, knock yourself out. I mean, that, I mean, I mean, give me the light. <laughs> but you're the director. You're allowed to. You're not like I'm allowed to. But yeah, you know what I'm saying. It's still not. You know, every director jumps in. I'm the dude. And give me the light. I'm the dude in the all white dancing with the girl in the all That's white. That's right. Oh, I remember. You know what? I remember seeing you after that video shortly aired because that girl had such a fantastic physique. And yeah, then you, baby. Yes. Well, hey, God bless you. God bless you, hey. X. Interrupt the islands, brother. You know, wind, wind up on a thing, you know? <laughs> yes, sir. Uh, yeah. Listen, man, it was awesome talking to you. Thank you for sharing your stories. And uh, and I hope so- you decide on a project soon and you will reveal the project's name soon. And yes. I can get you on the on the TV side on uh, Cabby Presents and we can talk about it. And don't be such a ninja next time. <laughs> when the time's right, I'm going to let you know, brother. Rocking the Roots t-shirt on the, uh, on the Justin Bieber set. You got to respect that. You got to respect that Canadian pride, even though it's like, as a Canadian, it feels weird saying it, Canadian pride, because that's just not how we are. Or maybe it wasn't the Justin Bieber set. It's, oh, what did it, what it's, uh, X said, uh, he made the analogy, it's the, yeah, it'd be Justin Bieber's boat, but he'd be the captain. X would be the captain. Um, I wonder what, uh, which movies X did actually pass on. I should have pushed him harder on that. That's totally my fault.
But my guy was he was giving me the the like he was one of the Corleones, just giving up nothing. And I'm not sure if using I don't care is gonna get me far in my relationship. But if it works for him, maybe it'll work for me. I mean, well, what, what am I saying? I mean, wait a second. Like, I, I don't know Justin Bieber or Usher. I, mean, I can't play the let's have dinner with Jay-Z or Kanye West card. So ultimately, it's not going to work for me. I'll stick to being an idiot. And that'll carry me through. Because all I can do is offer you my love. That won't be the last time I sing in these conversations. Um, But it will be the last time I sing today. I'm happy that you joined me. I'm happy that you clicked. I hope you found the conversation enjoyable and engaging. Shout out to Director X. You're an inspiration to many. So keep being the visionary that you are. And hopefully, I hope, we hope, we see one of your films in a theater coming soon. Be well, my good man. And be well to all of you. To follow me on Twitter, it's at the real cabbie, T H E R E A L C A B B I E. I'm Cabbie and I'm gone. Thank you for listening to Cabbie Presents, the podcast.